Well, folks, it's the end of the road here on what's been a beautiful season of television. This is our final after-show coverage for Sorry for Your Loss, the season finale. We will be talking about Jules and some of her past. We'll be talking about Amy and Richard. Amy and Richard. And we will finally be talking about Lee discovering that Matt's comic book might have a life beyond his own. All of that and more here on the Sorry for Your Loss After Show. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. Yes, the final think, episode. Wow, you're in your back. Like, these last two episode intro songs have been really good. Good intro songs? Yeah. yeah. This is a band I want to shout out. They're, I think, Swedish. They're called Novo Amor. And if you're a fan of, like, you know, like, Iron and Wine or, like, The Shins or, like, I don't know. Or like uh, Sigur Ross. A lot of people like Sigur Ross. Kind of like good indie stuff. They're very good. Great lyrics. Beautiful. Appropriate for this kind of show. Speaking of this kind of show, of course, we're talking about Sorry for Your Loss. This is our coverage of the season finale. Real quick, I gotta say, if you haven't watched any of our after shows or haven't seen Facebook's wonderful Sorry for Your Loss television show, go watch it. It's really, really good. Um, We will be talking about the finale, spoilers and all, so you've been warned. We're getting into it right now. My name is Jeff Graham, guys. I'm very excited to talk about this last episode, and I'm not alone because D'Angelo Friday is here. What do you do? And Taylor Gates is here. Hey, what's up? And this is it, guys. This is the last episode. For now. For now. Maybe. Let's do overall thoughts on just this episode, because I do want to do an overall thoughts on the show as a whole at the very end, because, I mean, at least, well... We're going to save it. I was about to just do it, but we'll save it. So we have thoughts on the whole show. I'm sure you guys do, too. At least for me, it was kind of a sneak attack of a show. So let's talk about just this episode. Taylor, how'd you feel about the finale? I was really, really happy that the fact that they sort of, not like neatly tied up, because I feel like when you neatly tie stuff up, it's not realistic and it just feels really forced. But the fact that they touched on all of the storylines they needed to touch on to leave me satisfied made me really happy. Because I looked at it and I'm like, 30 minutes, like you think that you're going to be able to do all of this you in 30 think- minutes? Get <laughs> stunned. <Stein but>, <laughs> you really have the audacity. But um, I was really, really happy and I didn't feel like we like had to have anything else you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i feel like they wrapped it up really nicely yeah yeah man i would say they, the writers and the directors they're in their bag like just like very just good disciplined um um consistent. confident consistent they were responsible they did everything i i would love to find a critique for them and say something negative and you know i don't mind doing that you can check out our tv pilot show <laughs> We do that all the time, um, but they—I think they earned any type of positive reception they get for this show, yeah. I and mean, they should get it because it's really good. I couldn't agree more. I was reading The Atlantic was saying like it's so rare that a first season of a show comes out like this fully formed and yeah. confident, and it is like especially if she's a first-time showrunner. Like mm-hmm. it's very strange that a team that's this green on a show that's this new on Facebook is this fully formed it's really really good in terms of this episode i thought it was great too i like what you were saying taylor of it it feels appropriately messy because the show has to be messy because that's why we love it but it does feel complete Mm -hmm. like i feel like it feels as incompletely complete as i would want the show to feel that being said i do hope well we're gonna save that conversation we're gonna have the season two conversation at the end because i think all of us want it the three sort of main storylines i saw going on in this episode were Lee sort of dealing with Matt's comic book, Amy dealing with the Richard of it all, and Jules kind of getting tied into that with the Carmen Eubanks of it all, whose character's name is Sabrina on the show. I should say her character's name. It's just hard because we're like so tight with her now. Yeah. It's like when you have your best friends, you talk about them, you just use their names. Um, let's go ahead and start by talking about this first scene, though, because Becca's back, 
And I loved this scene. Becca ended up being, like, one of my favorite characters on this show. How did you guys feel about Becca and Lee's, like, hangout at group meeting before we rolled into the episode? So classically, Becca. I mean, the (laughs) fact she's like, when I want to feel close to him, I go to Target. I'm like, of course you do. Like, because you're Becca. Right. I know. I loved it. Oh, I I wish in the Thursday season two they'd probably do this, but I would love to see more of her. Um, She's great. Mm -hmm. I think it's funny that they've... I've, with her character, they've done a little digs at like Christianity too, which I've mm-hmm. noticed. Um, the sex which, thing, yeah, the sex thing, and then it was another thing of a couple. It was her last episode when they were uh, drinking the tea or whatever. Um, but yeah, she's just she's great and she's funny. Uh-huh. Um, I thought everything they did was funny with her. Their dynamic is funny. I really enjoyed Becca. Yeah, I enjoyed it too. I'm glad you brought that up, Dee, because you know I'm someone whose faith is important to me as well, yeah, and I love. There's versions of this show where Becca. Like, I like that they tease the Christian thing because I recognize it as someone who lives in this community. But the show clearly really likes her and, like, has an affection for her. And there are versions of the show where she is just, like, a judgmental stereotype of, like, that worst Christian girl. She's not that at all. Like, I really think the writers wanted to make her a sweet, lovable character, flaws and all. Yeah, same. Uh, Yeah, I wasn't, like... Even because they pointed out basically some contradictions a little bit, yeah. and I wasn't, I was like, yeah, people definitely say that, for Christians sure. say that, you know, and I'm someone of faith too, so yeah, like Lee's as equally contradictory as Becca, right. you know, and sure. I, I haven't seen a single character on this show that the writers haven't clearly wanted to hug. Like it just feels like even <laughs> perhaps at, the douchebag from last the douchebag from that's last maybe episode. it, yeah. But it just feels like they they've worked so hard to really sensitively portray and. Even, like, Frankie, her friend at the birthday party, Mm -hmm. that could have been in another show, just, like, a terrible character. But even when we have one scene with these characters, the writers treasure those moments to really make these characters interesting. Well, and that's real life. People are complicated, you know? It's easy on TV to just point, make someone this type of person. But in real life, you have some great, great traits and some bad traits. You handle some things well, you handle some things poorly. So I think they portrayed that well in 30 minutes. Definitely. Yeah, it was fun to see her again. I hope if the show comes back, we get more, some more Becca. Mm -hmm. Okay, let's talk about Amy and Richard. In case you guys didn't see, which of course you did, they had done a little smooching in the last episode. Amy had a panic attack. And so now the door's flung wide open. This, Richard is putting Amy in a really tough position. I feel like we have to start by talking about Richard because, dude, you're married to Sabrina. She's great. Don't do this. And they've been married for 20 years, which I didn't realize. <laughs> I, I was, was like, like, it's been five what? years. Yeah. 20 years. Just because they've been through marriage counseling for two years or so, that doesn't mean... He just is so, like, unreliable and, like, flighty. Like, he wants to have it all. And I'm like, you can't have it all, Richard. Right. See, you guys are so... Like, I don't like Richard. For sure. But you guys are giving Amy way too much of a pass. Yeah. It, y'all are putting no ownership on her. And I and I have I have a problem with it. I'm not feeling it. Amy, <laughs> like, she's, this is messy. Yeah, This messy. is extremely messy. And she's been very jealous over a relationship that's, like, really benefiting her daughter. That's true. And she, I don't know, like, yes, Richard is, you know, I feel like we see those type of guys all the time. But, like, it's interesting because it's not just a critique on you guys. I think yeah. people in general would look at Richard and only critique Richard. And I think that's a problem. Don't make me get deep on you guys. Just because I'm like, you're the married one. That's what I think, too. Because I'm like... She's not cheating. She's not. She's not cheating on anyone. Okay. All right. I don't know. I mean, that's my whole thing. So in, in this situation, if your friend was Amy, you'd be like, okay, this that's fine. Yeah, no worries. No, I'd still call her out. But Why? 
Because it's she's, wrong. She's the mistress. Oh yeah, <laughs> because it's, it's wrong. wrong. It's just and not she's as wrong as what Richard. Why does why is one my bad? Why is one worse than the other? Both of them should be held to the same type of I don't agree. Because on one, you stood in front of four hundred people on a wedding day and made vows to them. You promised them you wouldn't do this. Whereas with the other one, you never vowed to anyone that you would. I don't know. Yeah. There's a sense of verbal accountability that happens with a marriage that to me feels so much more like you're guilty rather than just being the other person. And mm-hmm. the fact that Richard is coming on to Amy so much harder. Like, Amy's yeah. like, we gotta end this. Like, this was a mistake. This was, like, dumb. We can't ever do this again. And Richard's like, I don't know. Like, maybe this is the right timing for us. I'm like, you I'm, gotta cut this off. I yeah. mean, I thought that was a pretty good speech in the house. The, From Richard? Yeah, where he was like, maybe this is the perfect time for us. I, I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I'm just saying. Look, I'm not. I'm not on Richard's side. I'm just saying. Devil's advocate. The fact that, and the fact that Amy was in it. Like I looked when I heard that speech, I was like, okay. And then when I saw that she was thinking about it, I'm like, oh, come on. You know what I mean? Like you guys, you got to be hard on Amy. Amy's Amy. These last three episodes have, as a mom, she's a great mom. But like we've saw some character flaws, which is real and authentic. Yeah, all three of these women are kind of that Basically, precipice. I'm right is what I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. All right. D'Angelo Good has talk, spoken. guys. He's going to walk Sorry. out. D'Angelo's out of here. Uh, basically, all three of our women are kind of at precipice moments because Amy's on the verge of entering a relationship, good or bad. Um, Jules is potentially on the verge. It seems like her sobriety might be challenged right now. Mm. She brings up the past with her orphanage. She's kind of having an existential crisis. And, of course, Lee is dealing with all these questions, too. Let's move on to Jules, though, because, um, excuse me, her storyline kind of ties into the Amy storyline a little bit because she's formed this really interesting sort of mentorship relationship with Carmen. Uh, I keep, I'll keep doing this. <laughs> Sabrina. Just, we're Sabrina. just so close. Um, <laughs> Sabrina, um, I think, like, this relationship, she's kind of like a surrogate mom. and. Yeah. For Amy to not only have to deal with the frustration of, like, sharing the mothership role, but knowing that she's actively jeopardizing Richard and um, yeah, a lot of guilt. Sabrina's relationship, damn. It was interesting, though. We finally learned that Jules is, in fact, adopted. Mm-hmm. And I like that the show sort of dove into the question of visiting her home, mm-hmm. where she's originally from. How did you guys feel like this? How did you feel about this scene, and how do you feel like it plays into the themes of the show overall? Well, I just hope that if there is a season two, we get to sort of dive into that more. Because I Mm. like how we got that reveal now. But, like, I almost would have maybe liked it a little bit earlier. Because I feel like, I mean, I feel like this theme was definitely an undercurrent. Like, no doubt. But I just would have liked it, like, expanded a little more. I thought it was like, oh, like, right at the end here, this is popping up. Like, even to have a little bit more, like, seeds planted earlier, I think would have... Yeah, I agree. would have liked it. It kind of came a little bit out of nowhere, but yeah. I think it worked. I don't think it was, like, a detriment at all. And I thought it was it was interesting, um, especially the fact that they almost went back to her, um, you know, where she was born when she was 13, and she just kind of had a panic attack and couldn't do it. And I thought that was interesting, mm. like an interesting choice. Yeah, I think... Um... And Jeff says this all the time. There's another version of the show where they would have brought that to the fore to the forefront, and either the show would have been an hour long, or the plot, the main plot, would have been slower. Mm. Um, so I think that's the pros and cons, and you know, that's why I give these writers credits because you have to make tough decisions yeah. like that. I would love to know have gotten conclusion to that by now, but like I feel like what we got was more important. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Yeah, this is Lee's show. Like, yeah. This is Elizabeth Olsen's show, and ultimately this show's about grieving. I mean, the original title was Widow, so that's what we're dealing with. <laughs> of course, all of these characters are dealing with loss, mm-hmm. but Lee is dealing with the most profound loss. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think with that, we should talk about Lee. I love the way they handled her revisiting the apartment. It's like, yeah, the way this show just... And this is a credit to the editing. We've talked all about the way this show shot, how well directed it is, the music. But let's talk about the editing. The way this show so seamlessly weaves in and out of the present and the past is so magnificent. Mm -hmm. And I love right when we walk into the apartment, we're thrown back into her old life. That was just so moving. I agree. I thought it was funny, though, how she... Like got into the apartment in the first place because she's essentially just like watching this person's house. She's like, "Can I like help you with something?" I just I liked um, I don't know because I didn't I didn't really realize that someone else was living there by now, and so I thought that was a like sort of a nice reveal in like a really sort of comedic way because the show does such a good job of blending that comedy in. Yeah, yeah, realistic too because if that was Danny or Matt or. Even any guy who did that, they would not have gotten in the house. Yeah, you're so right. Yeah. Um, but so I like it was a good touch. And then also I liked how, you know, she was struggling to remember things. I love how they gave us that feeling in the flashbacks. Like she yeah, couldn't, like they right. wouldn't show his face when she was in the house. So she was like kind of forgetting some stuff. That's such a good point. Yeah. Even the joke thing. Um, yeah. They really did a good job with that. They really recreated the feeling of losing memories. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point, D'Angelo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, even the way they showed, like, having a baby at the house just mm-hmm. only compounded the grief that she must have been feeling. Mm-hmm. To know that that's a chapter of her life that she could have had with Matt that she never will. And it recalls the conversation with Bobby, who was like, oh, I really wish you were pregnant mm-hmm. so a piece of him mm-hmm. would still be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gosh, that was such a good episode. Mm-hmm. This whole show mm-hmm. so good. Um, the main thing, though, that Jules learns, the most important thing, is that Matt had, in fact, gotten a positive response to a query he sent out to a publisher, comic book publisher, to remind you guys, and they want to publish his comic book. This was such an interesting way to explore even this theme of, is it appropriate or, what's the word, is it ethical Mm. to keep someone's legacy alive through their work if they're not aware of it? Yeah. Um, So, like, I kind of think of, I don't know if you guys remember, but three years ago, Harper Lee's Mm -hmm. sequel to To Kill a Mockingbird was published. Mm -hmm. And everyone was kind of claiming, like, she is not in a lucid state to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of controversy around what happened. And I I get the ethical implications of this. And Danny and Lee each took a side. How did you guys feel about the show sort of exploring this idea? Yeah. I think from the public standpoint, we see it a lot with musicians who pass away. Mm. You know, unreleased Michael Jackson stuff or Prince stuff. Um, I think I like the role of Danny in this. And this is probably why Danny and Lee kind of click is he really forces her to get to the root of why she's doing something. Because she wanted, you know, I think she was painting a picture that she was doing this for Matt. And no, not really. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And there's a, I think we've seen that a lot in her grief process. It's been like, oh, this is for Matt. Well, no, this is really for you. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, which is fine, and that's fair. Right. Um, so that was my pull from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we've seen that pattern of Lee kind of wanting to talk to other people about it, and you know, go find out more about him and explore. And and Danny's keeping it like much closer to himself and sort of closed off. Mm-hmm. And I like the like sort of different incarnations of that um, like conflict that we keep getting. Yeah. Yeah, they both represent like different but equally valid sides of the same coin like Mm -hmm. the same grief coin and i love how the writers have used each of them as sort of a mouthpiece for a different way to handle loss um i was really impressed by how tactfully this show handled the psychic scene because i was a little nervous i was like we're doing this in the finale 
But again, it was done with such emotional heft. Yeah. How did you guys feel about this scene? I don't know. I'm like honestly a little bit like I'm not sure how I feel about that Fair scene enough. yet. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Do you think that they like firmly believe that she had a connection with Matt? And were we supposed to believe that too, or we are we were we supposed to sort of question it? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, like, I think these are the kinds of questions that the show isn't interested in answering. Yeah. Which is why I like the show. Um, I said this so many times, I apologize. But in a different version of this show, (laughs) we would have been given a really concrete reading on whether or not, like, a psychic is valid or real. But I think the show was once again saying, here is another and equally valid approach to grief. Yeah. And they get a, a bit of the benefit of the doubt because you've given us 10 episodes of really, like, good content and great decisions. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess you can take a little bit of a liberty here and, like, we'll give you, we'll, I'll subjectively say, okay, yeah, you did this well just mm-hmm. because you've done everything else well. Right. So. Yeah. And it was, so it was shot so sensitively. Elizabeth Olsen's acting when she just starts crying she's, in the... She's... Like, she's a good, like, I'm going to cry in this scene, girl. Yeah. <laughs> is that how you talk about actors? Is that... It's happening. Yes. Clearly, I'm not an actor. Yeah. Do the cry. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, seriously, that's not easy as an actor, I know. And yeah. she's, like, clearly just, like, so present in all of these scenes. Mm-hmm. Love to get her in studio to talk with her about, like, some of her methods, which she might not be interested in talking about. But along those lines, guys, just because we're wrapping the finale, our panel is really excited about the idea of trying to reach out to some of the talented minds behind this show. Mm. Our coverage happened so fast because this show was released so fast that we haven't had as much time to reach out to talent both in front of and behind of the camera as we'd like. So just because we're wrapping our after show now doesn't mean you shouldn't stay tuned and keep watching our coverage um, because I think we're hoping to have a couple special interviews. For sure. Um, and connected to that, we have a little more to talk about with Lee, of course, that amazing final scene. But before we do, I do want to let you know about our network, because we don't just cover this show. We cover plenty of shows. And my good friend, D'Angelo Friday, has more to say about that. Yes, guys. Now, I know you're watching on Facebook, but we have a lot of our content on uh, YouTube, actually. And our network produces after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows. We have drama, which if you're a fan of this, we have a lot more drama shows that we review. Reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There's no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we do need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest contents that's tailor-made for you, and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about the notifications, don't be don't be too worried. They're optional. I turn off the notifications. So, so hit the uh, subscribe button now for this channel and check out all of our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did so in the comments, and we'll thank you on air. For now, thanks for helping us become. The ESPN of TV talk. Yes, sir. Um, okay, I want to talk about how Lee and Danny kind of settle this. Um, Lee decides that she wants to print the book. And the way that this realization happens is through a memory of this joke she'd been trying to recall. Turns out the joke was bad, but the delivery and artful storytelling was so good that she's like, he's such a good storyteller. I think his story should be told. And I love the parallels here between the fact that we don't necessarily know the ending of the comic book, just as we don't necessarily know the ending to Matt's life, but does it matter? Mm. I just love that. Yeah. I do too. I thought they were, for some reason, I just thought that they would like try to write an ending together or something. Yeah. And that just felt weird to me, so I'm glad that they decided to go the route where they didn't have an ending. Because I'm like, that feels like it's not super ethical to like write one yourself and like complete it. Yeah. I don't know. 
Interesting connection. Um, James Ponsolt, who is EPing this show and directed this episode and also the pilot, directed another movie called The End of the Tour, which is about author David Foster Wallace, who took his own life, sort of famously. And they released another book of his, The Pale King. No, that's Nabokov. Shoot. Well, either way, they released an unfinished posthumous book of his Mm -hmm. and didn't finish it. And just, like, respectfully released the book. And I think it ended up winning the Pulitzer Prize the year it came out. So okay. I, I, I'm sure that the influence... Obviously, James Ponsel's a fan of David Foster Wallace. And I wonder, it's almost maybe he pitched that idea. Yeah. Mm. But you should check out that movie if you like the show. It's really, really good. Again, that's called The End of the Tour. Check it out. Um, finally, it's interesting... Well, we have to talk about the phone call. We have to talk about so the phone call. So while Lee is drafting an email to the comic book editors, Danny calls Matt's phone... Lee lets it go to voicemail, and we get a voicemail from Danny confessing his love for Lee. How do we feel about this? This is the one aspect of the show I could see people being mixed on. I think I Taylor's know. a little mixed on it, which is <laughs> I'm okay. I'm mixed on it. I, I loved it. I don't know. Why would I be mixed about that? I think that was great. <laughs> um, I think it was the best way they could have handled that situation. There's a scenario where they could have had sex. There's a scenario where... Actually, those are probably the only two options. <laughs> <laughs> it's television. Um, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I loved it. And I was very, very scared. We talked about this a lot. I was scared about how they'd handle the relationship thing since it was pretty much imminent, imminent at a certain point. Um, but, yeah, I, you have to explain to me why I wouldn't like this because I, I loved it. Taylor. <laughs> I just. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. <laughs> like, it was, it was subtle enough mm-hmm. that it wasn't like super, like, ridiculous. It would never happen. Like, it fit with the theme of the show still. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, like, her hearing him say that he was, like, falling in love with her just felt, like, a like a little much, maybe? Mm. A little television a little with a capital television. T. Yes. <laughs> Whereas this show's been television with a lowercase T this exactly. whole season. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. It just felt, a, like, like, slightly out of place. Like, not a whole different show, but just, like, you know, turned to the right a bit or something. So yeah. you guys kind of wish they just left it uh, left it where he left her, kind of, like, and didn't give an uh, explanation or that voicemail? Or, like, had, like, a smaller sign from him, like, even, like, a lingering look or something mm. or like, like that. Or, like, the okay. way the... F- message started where he's like i get i don't see why you could take your life when you had something so good exactly i was like that's enough mm-hmm. like that tells us where danny is he can then he could feel awkward uh, uh, i'm hanging up you know like mm-hmm. where he's just realizing i don't know I, i'm in between you guys somewhere okay. Okay. Um, but you think okay so we had a little discussion before the show jeff thinks that he called the voicemail and wanted lee to hear it do you think that he knew that Lee would hear it? Well, to be 100% with you guys, when you said that it was Matt's phone, that was the first time I realized. I thought it was her phone at first. Oh. Yeah. Um, but the, I can't remember the details on if he knows that she figured out the code. I don't think they ever discussed it. But so, here's my issue. Uh-huh. So if you're calling someone's phone, mm-hmm. here's what I want to say quickly. I've been open on the show. I lost someone last year to similar circumstances, and it's really, really hard. Mm-hmm. And I spent a long time texting her because that's one way to grieve. So I think I like that the show validates just like texting and calling someone after they're gone. It can yeah. feel really good and mm-hmm. cathartic, and you can kind of feel like the person's still there a little bit, at least for a while. So I like that the show had him call Matt's phone because I was like, I'm, that's so believable. But once it started ringing, I was like, that would mean that Danny realizes Matt's phone is on. Which would make him realize that it's probably in someone's possession. Well, that's just, but that's the second time 
he's called her his voicemail because he did it before too. When was that? Remind me. Because, oh, that's when that one episode when she was going through all the voicemails and maybe he was still alive. Oh no, yeah, Danny. Maybe I'm I'm sketchy on that detail, but I remember hearing Danny on the on Matt's voicemail when she was going through everything. Yeah, but I got the impression those were him still alive. Yeah, I can't exactly remember, but yeah. either way, if that was a situation where it goes right to voicemail, mm-hmm. you know because the phone's dead. Yeah. So I just good point. If I were like, I, there's a couple of times I called my friend after she was passed, and mm-hmm. if it had been a situation where her phone started ringing, I would have panicked and hung up just yeah. because you're not ready for the emotional heft of the trick of all of a sudden feeling like that mm-hmm. person's there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like what was happening with me was very strange. When I was texting her for a while, I was getting like sent receipts, like delivered. Mm-hmm. And then there came a point when it was no longer happening, mm-hmm. which is a crazy moment. Yeah. yeah. But I think like the feeling of the call going through, I don't know. I'm surprised that wouldn't have invoked something in Danny to realize. That's a good point. That's a great analysis, Jeff. I just guess I didn't even realize that's like... That the phone didn't ring when it was dead. I don't know. I just yeah. didn't realize that even. But but I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah, I just feel like there's a way the show could have done this maybe with a bit of more of a subtle touch. Mm. But at the same time, that's okay. Because I think it's a TV show and it's the season finale. And they need to create some stakes for us. Speak yeah. for us. Yeah. Um, well, I do want to talk about this final scene, which I thought was so beautiful. Lee, like, re-walks the hike that Matt's life ended with yeah. and walks right up to the edge of where he was lost and there's no resolution. Yeah. I was scared that Danny was going to be at the bottom. Oh, damn. So, oh, you know, wow. I, I went real dark. dark. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm not ready for that. Jules is at the bottom. Yeah, I was like, they can't so, both die. Oh, God. <laughs> so I'm glad. Wow. That, I'm glad that too. That didn't happen. Whoa. <laughs> well, you see it and you're like, because Danny says, he says, yeah, that, it's stupid if you did fall. Um, and you see it and you're like, I get that. It's like, this is kind of like, that's a hell of a fall if you did fall that. And, and it, you know, you start doing conclusions in your head and yeah. you think, yeah, maybe he did commit suicide, but that's the point. They want you to wonder. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad the one quote that I'm so glad the show brought up was, um, there are two. First, I just want to bring up the point of, it's important for us to remember that whether or not it was an accident or it was, quote, intentional, it's technically the same thing because it wasn't Matt that took his own life. It was his disease that took his life, which is just so important. Just as in the same way that cancer will end someone's life, depression, if it's bad enough, in the same way that cancer, if it's bad enough, will take someone's life, mm-hmm. depression in the same ex- similarly valid way will end someone's life if mm-hmm. it's that intense because mm-hmm. there's no other option mm-hmm. if your mind gets to that point mm-hmm. in the same way that your heart would if you were having really bad cancer. So the show touched on that in such an important way. Mm-hmm. Also this quote, when Lee's talking about dealing with the emotion of losing Matt, I need to let the pain go because I can't survive like this. But if I let the pain go, he's gone and I can't survive like that either. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that was great. Man, that's just such good writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To so succinctly summarize grief in one line like that, I just wonder if this show is going to get any award recognition because writing like this just doesn't happen on most TV shows. Yeah. And like, as someone who watches a lot of TV, it does feel like scripts that are this elegantly constructed deserve some attention. I agree. I and the will. acting. Like, yeah. every aspect Everything. of the show is just so solid. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very solid. Speaking of, let's talk, let's have a discussion sort of around the show as a whole. How did you guys feel? I mean, like, this... To me, I feel very surprised that a show of this quality with these actors, this direction, this writing, 
kind of like sneakily appeared on Facebook. That's my general reaction is like this show here, not in a bad way, but that's sort of like one of my major reactions when I think about how good the season of TV was. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I the main reason I was looking forward to the show was because I already was a fan of the Facebook platform with Sacred Lies, and so I was like, ooh, I don't know if the show's gonna like live up to that because that's how I felt like about Sacred Lies. It was such a pleasant <laughs> surprise, and um, it definitely did. And so I'm just like rooting for Facebook at this point, like. They've been churning out some really quality content, and it, it seems like they're going to keep that going. And they um, do the 30-minute format, like, pretty much with every single mm-hmm. show that they're, um, like, having on their platform, which is a really interesting choice. And I wonder if that's going to, like, revolutionize the game at all. Yeah. I think um, also they have the benefit of looking at all the other past outlets and how they built and figure out how they want to go about it and what kind of lane they want to tackle. So... I mean, yeah, it's like, oh, this is Facebook, like, but six other ne- six other things or outlets have tried to do this. So, like, it is kind of like, you, it has to be perfect. So, I, I, know. I feel like they're learning or they're paying attention. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting, though, because with a show like this, it's so good, but it is kind of a tough sell. Like, I'm like, how do I get my friends excited about a show about a widow? Like, yeah. what's, and I'm sure Facebook's having that issue, too, because so much of the depth and richness of the show is experiential. Like, I feel like it's just going in and letting it wash over you. And then that's when you realize, like, oh, this show's the real deal. I mean, well, what's the pool of, like, uh, I don't, and I don't know the whole premise of the show, but I know it's, like, really deep. Like, this is us. Oh, yeah. Isn't that's true. that, like, similar? Like, I feel people like stuff like that. Yeah. What's, what's the? I can't remember the plot specifically, but I know sad stuff always happens. Yeah, <laughs> and this is us as NBC's version of "Sorry for Your Loss." Maybe <laughs> it's a little less melancholy. It's um, just like a very um, elegantly written family drama. So okay. it's like multiple generations of family and mm-hmm. the stuff that family goes through. Mm. Okay, so that's a good point, D'Angelo. I mean, I, I hope this is like a word of mouth show. I've been telling my friends about it. The nice thing, the other nice thing about platforms like this is the show never goes away. Yeah. So, like, just as on Netflix, people are just discovering House of Cards, even though that was Netflix's first original show. Mm-hmm. If Facebook has a huge hit, people will probably go back and watch this show. Yeah. And just the fact that you don't have to pay for it, you're already on Facebook. Right. There's like barely mm. any advertisements, if it. there are any advertisements. Like, that's a big plus, considering yeah. you have to pay, like... $13 for some of these other like sites. Mm-hmm. But then you wonder if that's also a challenge because sometimes the hardest way to get someone interested in your thing is mm-hmm. if it's free. That's true too. Because like on Netflix, you're like, well, I'm paying for it. I have to be watching it. I have it. to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Facebook, oh, I can do this next week. It's never leaving. But I'm rooting for them. And if they keep championing content that's this sharply written and like subtly realized, I was just pretty blown away by this show. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Any other final thoughts about just this season before we talk about some other segments? No season two. Uh, We're going to get there. We're going to have the season two discussion and predictions. Before we do, though, we do want to quickly go over a couple quick special segments. One of them is that we're trying to bring you guys practical advice as to how to deal with depression because the show is so interested in that discussion. Taylor, what do you got for us this week? Yeah, so the tip for this week is to improve your eating habits. Research continues to find clear links between diet and mental health. Mm. In fact, there have been so many studies that have shown improving nutrition can prevent and treat mental illness that nutritional psychiatry has become mainstream. There are many brain essential nutrients that can affect depression. For example, a 2012 study found that zinc deficiency increases symptoms of depression. Mm. Improving your diet could be key to reducing your symptoms. 
But before you make any major changes to your diet or begin taking vitamins or supplements, talk with your physician. And I think that um, it's also important to know, like, all these tips are really, really great, but they're not, like, a substitute for going to, like, see a therapist yeah. or seeking yeah. professional help. So just do it the, in addition to the other things. Um, like, we don't want to tell you, like... If you just eat carrots, like, your depression will go away. Because that's definitely not true. But, um, you know, just taking care of yourself can have can have really, like, healing effects. Yeah, I think that's a key point. This one and the one we had for the last episode, which mm-hmm. you guys should check out. Um, that self-care, that intentionality of taking care of yourself, like, goes a long way. Yeah. yeah. And while we're on the subject, we would just love anyone listening to, if you are struggling with this or have had any thoughts of suicide, just we want to stress to you that you matter so much and we want you to stay and everyone here wants you to stay, even if you don't feel like that. The thing is, whatever you're hearing, that's not the truth. And we want you here. So if you've ever struggled with that... Um, there are so many resources that are really, really powerful available to you. Um, so the suicide prevention hotline is the most commonly cited one, but it is an incredibly powerful and valuable tool. So if you're having those thoughts, don't be embarrassed about it. Don't feel stigmatized by it. I think it's really important that this conversation get out in the open because so many people do honestly struggle with that and you're not alone. Um, and I know Facebook has even been championing a group dedicated to this cause. So just I know it can feel maybe like a step you don't want to take, but we'd encourage you to take the step of just finding resources because it can help so, so much. Mm-hmm. Um, will there, do we want to do most moving moment? Maybe we oh, do yeah. a most moving moment of this episode and the season. We still have some time. Oh, so wow. I should have warned you guys before going on air that yeah. we would consider this. Let's start with the episode. I was most moved by seeing the flashbacks of Matt in the apartment when mm-hmm. she went back in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you kind of, um, alluded to her earlier, but just the line where Lee says it was an accident or it was the disease, but it was not Matt that Mm, like, you know, killed him. And I thought that was like, that really hit me. I'm probably the scene where Jules, I mean, Lee are um, sitting Mm. on the bed and you said the line, but she's just kind of really summing up. The process of grief and the issues with it and also loved um, Amy's response. Yeah. So I thought that was moving. I also just want to touch on the fact, I thought that the when she said that she went to the grave and she didn't feel anything, yeah. I thought that yeah. was just a really, like you said, this show's bold. Like yeah. It's just so bold and talks about the things that no one else wants to talk about, yeah. but that people experience. Yeah, right. it's good. Yeah, whenever TV like tells you something you didn't know you already knew, that's when you're like, oh, this is brilliant yeah. television. Yeah. Um, in terms of a most moving moment for the season for me, if we do want to do this, I do think the Becca masseuse moment kind of like wrecked me. Yeah. (laughs) I also just really liked the flashback or not flashback, but the video that Danny and Lee Mm. watched, um, of Lee and Matt at the party was pretty, because she just wanted to make him happy. Mm -hmm. I think that it's hard for me to pick a specific moment, but the wedding episodes really stood out to me. Yeah. Um, I'd love... That's probably the how they connected the uh, the widow and the uh, alcoholic joke together without uh, with just the emotions of their face, like the drive, like yeah. when they drove back afterwards. I thought that was like really genius. That was very sorry for your loss yeah. in the best way. Exactly. Um, speaking of genius, we have some hot takes on the table as to whether or not we think there will be a season two and whether or not we want a season two. I guess we could play that predictions bumper because technically this is the prediction segment of our show. Um, and now. <laughs> I want a season two. 
Taylor wants a season, want a season two. two. D'Angelo does not want a season two. D'Angelo wants to so fight good. me because he wants a season two. <laughs> it's so good. That I know what you it's mean. It's just like it concluded. It's good. It's just a great show. Why? Why draw things out that you know? At some point, you will be getting. You'll be forcing stuff. You know. I just. You know. Some things are great as they just call it a limited. limit What do they limited call it? Series, a limited yeah. series and keep it moving. I don't know. I know there's money on the table for this. I'm sure and. I'm sure they could do another good second season, but it's not going to be as good as this. There's no way. I trust the writers. I, I think they too. could do it. And I just think it would be so interesting to see where they could go with this Danny and Lee thing. Like, how how are they going to tackle that? Like, how would they tackle that? And also, like, the Amy and Richard thing. Yeah. And I want to delve more into Jules and her adoption. I want more Becca, because I love me some Becca. I want to see what's happening in the, at the advice column at the newspaper. Like, there's just so much more that I want to see but i i I get your point too because this was a great ending don't get me wrong i'll watch the second season (laughs) (laughs) well that's the question is can the show i think what made the show so interesting and provocative was its singular focus on grief yeah so can we sustain that through another season i think what the show hasn't explored and would be interesting is what it's like to grieve while dating and falling in love Mm -hmm. so i think that's what the second season would lean into especially if she is seeing danny so again I don't think the writers would greenlight a second season unless they truly believed they could do it as good or better than the first. Mm-hmm. Did you guys watch Stranger Things? I uh, don't, but... Neither of you guys watch Stranger Things? I know, we're, we're The weird. only two people in America. Yeah, <laughs> I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't, I don't watch Game of Thrones. I don't watch yeah. most Whoa. popular shows, yeah. so... We're but what I wanted to say was, Stranger Things was the first show that I watched the season of and was like, this was perfect. They shouldn't do a second season, and they proved me wrong. So I'm good. hoping yeah. a show like this could do the same thing. So if you're like Taylor and I and secretly D'Angelo and you want a second <laughs> season, um, comment right over here. Comment on the Sorry for Your Loss YouTube. Tell your friends about the show. Let's make this happen, guys, because the storytelling in this show is so important and yeah yeah we want to come back and talk more about this show so as i mentioned we're hoping to get some people in the room with us who had you know who um helped build the show whether they were writing or performing on the show so keep tuning into our coverage hopefully there will be more yeah Yeah. unless if that's not the case that we do other stuff here and if you guys want to keep up with me you can do that at jeffrey c graham is where i am on twitter and i mentioned earlier if you want to reach out to someone resource wise if you can even reach out to me. If you symbol is tweeting at me and saying, hey, I'd love someone to talk to, I can do that for you. So yeah. that's at Jeffrey C. Graham on Twitter. And I'm D'Angelo. You guys can hit me up on Twitter at D'Angelo TV or on Instagram at D'Angelo. Make sure you check the spelling D-E-A-N-J-I-L-O. And, oh. sorry, Taylor, <laughs> since this is our last episode, if you know, you're know you going to miss my face or my voice, um, I understand. And you can find me on Wednesdays <laughs> at 5 p.m. Uh, doing TV pilot reviews. Take it away, Taylor. <laughs> uh, you guys can find me on Twitter at alphabet underscore and on Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. Um, you can also find me on The Good Place every Thursday at 6 and Law & Order SVU every Thursday at 8. Taylor Marathon every Thursday. NBC night for Taylor on Heck Thursdays. Yeah, guys, thanks for being here. We'll see you next time on AfterBuzz TV. Deuces. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.